podcast in association with We Love Sport. I'm Nicole Holiday, and this is another of our Euro Hangout specials. This time we're in the Greenhouse Pub in Bristol, where we've just watched England beat Sweden 4-0 in the semi-final. What a game that was. And here to talk through all with me, we have former professional footballer. He played for the likes of Charlton, Chelsea, West Ham, Benfica, and now a successful pundit. It's Scott Minto. Oh, Nicole, I, I love you. Thank you so much for the intro. <laughs> I mean, I didn't lie, did I? You didn't. You didn't. You missed out Rotherham. But oh, listen, oh, I'm, I'm that's so sorry fine. about no. that. No, no disrespect. <laughs> and you know what? She was so good last time she was on the pod. We had to get her back on again. Played for the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Aston Villa, and of course England. And taking the punditry world by storm, it's Anita Asante. How are you? Oh, thanks, Nicole. I'm very well. And of course, it was such fun last time. I had to come back and join you. I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> it's been awesome if you didn't. Look, we are obviously going to get into that incredible semi-final that we just watched together. Yeah. Firstly, how, how are you feeling right now, Anita? Finally, I can <laughs> relax and I can just celebrate and be happy for the girls. You know, it's, it's a great game. Uh, they pulled it back. They got the result and... It's, it's amazing to see them see them through to the final. Scott, have you, have you calmed down? Well, do you know what, Nicole? I mean, we spoke to you before, um, obviously, before filming, before the game, and you were just, like, twitching around like everything. <laughs> so nervous. You had your lucky hat on, didn't you? <laughs> I could, I guess the moment we scored our first goal, I could see you, like, how long, how long left, how long left. So, uh, do you know what? It was fantastic. I mean, we'll go into the game a little bit later, but... I think to come to concede those chances we conceded in the first 10-15 minutes but then to dominate the second half in the way we did it was pretty much the perfect performance yeah okay let's let's rewind a bit to the quarterfinals I don't know if you guys even remember what happened in oh those games my brain's probably all over the place and um, quite a few tight games actually in the quarterfinals Anita any results that stood out for you I mean I think it's fair to say there probably weren't any no, I think all the teams we expected to progress progressed in the end, but it wasn't easy for them. I think we can you know, equally say Germany versus Austria was a very tight affair for long parts of the game, but Germany's experience, their clinicalness, you know, their, their routine in, in playing tournament football really shone through in the end. Um, Spain, England, again, a, a really tense game. We were all like on, on the edge of our seats, nervous, but the girls showed great character and mentality to ride, you know, big bouts of pressure, not having the ball, Spain typically possession of the team, as we know. Um, and again, Sweden, you know, they've been in this competition a number of times, got a good balance in the team in terms of experience and youth, but today, England, you know, managed to ride out the momentum as Scott mentioned early on in the game and, and find a way to get to their quality as the game progressed. Anita says about we expected the four to get through to the semi-finals, but actually the one team who perhaps could feel a little bit disappointed they didn't get through because their performance was Spain against England. You know, you're watching it and you're thinking after the, the group stage, you know, dominating. Okay, the first game was always going to be a bit nervy. Just, just get the win. Second game, eight nil. Third game, you know, trounce Northern Ireland as well. And, and you're seven minutes away from six minutes away from going out in the first really difficult game. So I actually think that Spanish game was perfect for England. I really do because everything was, as I say, the first game not easy, but the group stage really as a whole was pretty easy. And then the first difficult game you'll come up against, you're minutes away from getting knocked out. 
and you find a way to win. So I think that, in terms of the psychology of, of the, the women in the team, I think they realise that even though if we do go a goal behind, which hasn't happened under Serena Beekman, has it? We can come back. And I think we saw the confidence of that. Again, first nervy 10, 15 minutes tonight, but then went on to dominate the game. Yeah, Anita, you've obviously been covering a lot of the games throughout the Euros, but you weren't working England Spain, were you? So you got to, I guess, enjoy it as a fan, or, or can you enjoy it? As <laughs> is a enjoy fan? the right word? Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy is a typical well, word. Absolutely wrong word. When you're supporting the Lionesses and you want to see them through, um, it was a tough game. But I think as a football fan, with just those lenses on and that hat on, I think you could appreciate the quality that both sides displayed. You know, the Spanish style is a very different style to the English style, um, but you could appreciate the talent that they had in, especially in the midfield areas of Bon Mati and Caldente and they were missing two of their big superstars um, and they still performed you know brilliantly for large parts of the game and as Scott said earlier like they would have felt like we're going through um, but Serena Wiegmann you know her leadership able to change the game bring on players that impacted the game positively young players in tune and Alessia, Alessia Russo showed they were fearless, they were brave, and they you know, made the difference at the end of the day. Do you know what? I think that was absolutely key. I, I think the key person for England is the manager. And there's not many managers in world football, female or male, that would have made those substitutions, taken off some of your star players. And, and in terms of current form as well, you know, Beth Mead, brilliant players who are, in previous games have done so well. Psychologically, managers would be thinking, if this doesn't go right, what's going to happen? Yeah. She would have got pilloried in the press, and yet she made that really bold decision, three bold decisions, and it turned it around. So I think that gave everybody, the, the, as if they didn't know already, that she's the right person to be in charge, and actually go with what she says. And, and you can get through to the final. That's exactly what's happened. What I found really interesting is after that game, Leah Williamson came out and she was kind of saying, oh, we knew we were going to win, even though we were a goal down with not much time to spare. Well, you, well, right, so Scott, you're looking at me with this questionable face. I agree, because I kind of thought, oh, is she, is she being clever? You know, she's captain. It's very easy, I'm sure, in hindsight to go, yeah, we weren't worried. Surely, I mean, you two know best, as a player, when you were 1-0 down in such a big game, a yeah. huge occasion, what, 75 minutes in, 1-0 yeah. down, how can you still have that belief? I mean, I feel like, Scott, you, you think <laughs> what she was just saying that. Do you know what, Nicole, I mean, 75 minutes, you've still got 15 minutes left, but I think it was the 83rd or the 84th minute where, actually, they, we managed to get the yeah, equaliser. Yeah. I'm telling you now, you're thinking in your head... We're going to blow it's it. It's done. We're going to blow it. But you just never stop. You never give up. And you try to the very end. But doubts, I'm, t I'm sorry, I'm just not having, I'm not having what Leah's saying there. <laughs> it, and it's the, maybe she's feeling as being captain, you know, it's the right thing to say. And we, we all want to sort of exude this, yeah, we, you know, we knew we were going to do it. I'm sorry, they didn't know they were going to do it. But what you do is, you, you, as I say, that never say die spirit. You never give up. And, and I think it was almost the... The, the grit of the, of the English. It wasn't so much, you know, because Spain had played so well, hadn't they, up to 75, 80 minutes. But it was the, it was the, the grit of the English, the, the substitutions that were made that actually got England through that. And it's nice to show a different layer of getting through, not just pretty football all the time or dominating teams. Actually, you're really up against it. Let's go with what Leah's saying. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure, though, to be honest. Well, Brian, Anita, 
Kate, have you ever been in a situation yeah. like that yourself then where you're, you're, you're 1-0 down very late on into the game and you've genuinely had that belief as a team? Maybe it's the Wiegmann effect. Yeah. I think it's a bit of both. I think sometimes, it, you know, you know, like in that situation, of course they're probably like, we're, we're going to blow it. But then you get away from momentum and you have to believe in it and you're almost kidding yourself yeah. into believing it to make it happen, to try to make it happen. So you're, tra- you're just tricking your brain going, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Because it probably allows them to feel more brave as well, to take those risks and make those riskier passes. In, in the stage of the game when you really know that anything can happen if you open up the game that way. But, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. When I played for Arsenal, there were times where we were, you know, backs against the wall. But I think it was more a sense of, we can't blow this. Yes. Yeah. We're, you know, we're in a title race. Yeah. Every single game matters. doesn't matter who you play in terms of the level. You're like, we can't blow this. We're going to find a way. We have to make it happen. That, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was just about to say. Because I don't think it's a question of, oh, we believe we're going to win this. But it's like... We can't lose Not, it. Yeah. We have to get back in the game. And again, that, that mentality of... Because a lot of teams would have given up mentally and, and said, look, do you know what? We've been outplayed. It's just not our day. But they didn't. And they went right to the very end. And, and honestly, watching extra time, I thought it was only one winner. And it was a great winner. But, but I thought we were going to go on and win it in, in the end. I mean, I was there watching it with my mum. And oh, I was, you saw me tonight. I was so stressed out. I was like, that is it. We're done. But you know what? This team has shown why we all need to believe in them. Because they, they've gone and done that. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, after that happened, when they came back and managed to win after con- conceding, you know, and, and being 1-0 down for the vast majority of the game, I kind of thought, right, this team are a confident team anyway. Yeah. I think they are now going to have that self-belief to think that they've overcome a huge obstacle like that. They can go all the way. Yeah, it's, it's a test. I think they got tested against one of the best teams in Europe and, you know, dominate the ball. And that's a mental test as well, to not have the ball and know that you're, you're working to win it in the right moments. And... When you've been through that with your teammates, shoulder to shoulder, get overcoming that level of pressure, it, it brings out another side of your character. Yeah. And you know, when you can override that thing, you're like, well, when we get to our best, that's going to feel easy. Yeah. I think when you when you win a tournament, again, the first game's always nervy, so just, yeah. just, just try and win it. You don't have to play well, just win it. Then you, then you go and you progress. If you don't have that one really tough game, it's always in the back of your mind. Even if they could have beaten Spain 3-0, still in the back of their mind, it's like, we haven't conceded first yet. What happens if? How are we going to react to that? Now they know how they can react, and in a very positive way. So even now looking to the final, and even tonight, we'd have conceded one of those early chances. We wouldn't have been out of it by any stretch of the imagination because they'd done it before. And if you've done something before, you can do it again. So they've got that belief where they... Yeah, okay, we're going to go on. Even if we concede that first goal, which generally in football is very, very important, the game changes, the team that's 1 0 up can maybe make themselves a bit more compact. No, even if we're 1 0 down, we can come back into it. So they, even now they can go into the final, whoever they play, and if they do go a goal down, they can go on and win the, the, the yeah. final. So we were saying that there weren't any real surprises in the quarterfinals. So heading into this semi against Sweden, 
how did you both think England would get on? on be honest, okay? <laughs> we predicted the same score. Oh my line, god, did we? you? What, 4 0? Yeah. No, not the, not <laughs> the right score line. In fact, I think you predicted 2 1 as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah we yeah. all went for 2 1. Yeah. But I don't know why, because England have only conceded, what, one goal in this tournament. Mary Earps yeah. is so solid yeah. in goal. I don't know why I, I thought that we would concede. Because Sweden are a very good side. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're the number two in the world. They're the highest ranked left of the four teams. So even though we all feel it's a home tournament and it's England, we're English, we're going to support them, we're hearts with them, Sweden are a good side. Mm-hmm. And what we did tonight was nothing short of sensational. Now, Anita and I were saying, again, I'm going back to it a lot because that first goal can change the whole psychology of the game. Yeah. We talked about how they can come back from one nil down, so they did it against Spain. But if we'd have conceded first, I don't know how exactly how it would have gone. But we, we went through the first 20 minutes. Mary absolutely superb with some saves, fantastic saves. And then once we got that first goal, I mean, what a touch and strike. Absolutely brilliant. In the second half, I thought we were superb to the point where if we'd have played for another 20 minutes, it would have been five or six. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, right, let, let, let's get into this semi-final then. I feel like we need to talk about it. Firstly, when you saw the lineup, I mean, I was going to say, were you surprised? Probably not, because we know Serena Beekman yeah. doesn't really make any changes. There's been quite a bit of talk about potentially Alex Greenwood coming in instead of Rachel Daly, um, Alessia Russo, who we will talk about later on. What a goal. Um, potentially coming in for Ellen White, maybe. Were you expecting any changes, Anita? If I'm honest, the only change I actually expected was potentially Rachel Bailey for Greenwood. Um, And for me, that was on the basis of balance, her being a natural left footer, her being more of a defender who thinks danger first uh, and Daly's attributes are possible going attacking and going forward. But in terms of the overall lineup, no, I expected her to to come out with that lineup. Uh, I talked about it in my column as well. Um, You know, that you like that synergy, the momentum of a team that's well played into a tournament as well, and to know that you have the bench that can come in and impact the game, and those players just come and they, they raise the level again, you know, they seamlessly fit into the team and, and make things happen. Um, and of course, it's easy when those players make that kind of impact to think they should be starting straight oh, yeah. away because it's kind of immediate. We want these players in now, but that's the, the beauty of a squad. A squad with a manager who's brave enough and bold enough to make crucial decisions in pivotal moments. Yeah, that first part of the first half stop, that felt quite frantic. Yeah, was that nerves your, getting your, the best? Your heart yeah. rate was getting even higher. Oh, yeah. I could feel it. I could feel it. Sweat dripping down the forehead. Absolutely. No, I mean, just in terms of the team selection, I didn't expect any changes, but I actually would have put in Greenwood okay, yeah. Daly. Yeah. And I actually think Rachel Daly, for me, was one of my, you know, play of the matches. Absolutely, because the pressure on her, knowing that everyone was talking yes. about, even if it was one change, that she would have been the change. Yeah. And play the way she played, where I actually felt she played better than Lucy Bronze tonight. I thought in the first 20 minutes we were talking, weren't we, about between her and Millie Bright, there was too much space and Lucy Bronze was trying to push on too much. Millie Bright wasn't coming across, Lucy wasn't tucking in. Whereas on that left side, it looked very, very compact. So I thought Rachel was absolutely superb on the whole evening. I really did. But yeah, first 20 minutes, I'm thinking, just hang in there. Right? Hang in there. Yeah, Sweden were the dominant side in that first part of that 
first half. And it reminded me a little bit of the first half of the game against Spain, where we're coming out looking a little bit chaotic, a bit nervy, and then obviously we, we all know how it ends in England's favour. But is, is that just, I mean, the sheer nerves getting to you? Yeah, I think it could be a multitude of things. I think nerves is, is one of it, one of those things where they're at a semi-final, they've reached it three times prior, prior to this tournament, and on the, in the back of your mind, you're like, this is our opportunity, this is our chance to reach a final. We've got the whole support of the nation behind us. Everyone's counting on us to do it. We've had a great run so far. Um, it's you know, it's we're almost there. So you come out and maybe you're a little bit nervous and a bit tentative. And you're also trying to probably feel out the opposition, you know, what are they doing? Are they coming out? And Sweden, to be fair, I wasn't expecting them to come out the way they did. They came out guns blazing. Yeah. 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds. Yes, early save from Mary Ertz. Yeah. Gosh. But again, football's all about moments. As we discussed myself and Scott saying that you don't capitalise on those moments, the pendulum swings. Absolutely. And it's the team that manages those moments at the end of the day and it's clinical in the right moments that will come out on top. Mead got that first goal. Nice goal from her. She's, she's looking good in this tournament, isn't she? Do you, do you know what? You know, um, it's a really good move. First of all, Lauren Hemp whipped in a great ball. And then I think it might have been Lucy Bronze who sort of whipped it in the other side first time as well. But when you think about her body position, the first touch, laying it lovely just for her to volley it and strike it. Those two touches, absolutely superb. And they changed the game. That changed the game. That moment, I mean, 2-0 for me killed the game, but 1-0 changed the game because up until then, I still fancied Sweden being the better side. Um, So for her to, to, that first touch, bang, Keeper's got no chance. I feel sorry for the keeper in the end. So you know But but what a what a wonderful goal it really was. The golden boot is looking looking quite good good for Beth Mead, isn't it, Anita? It's looking pretty good for sure. And I think Beth has been unbelievable throughout the tournament. She's performed really well. I think everyone's looking to her to be, you know, she's a talisman player on the right hand side, creating things and she showed her quality because that's a moment again where a lapse of concentration, not taking the perfect first touch, is an opportunity missed. And, and she's managed to do that um, and show her class in that moment. Ruth Hullett said to us when we were at Chelsea and he took over as manager, he said, you don't have to dominate the game, but I want two big moments. Oh. And that was one big moment. And yeah. that changed the game. Completely. Again, you know, we weren't the better side at that particular. We, we, we'd calmed things down a little bit, mm-hmm. but I still think up until that moment, Sweden was the better side. But Beth just stepped up with that touch and strike. What a moment. And like you said, it did change the game. At half-time, what do you think? What do you think Serena Vigman says to them? Because there's, there's a thing that we keep say, uh, seeing. It's quite repetitive that the first half, we can be a little bit shaky, and then we come out in the second half, and it's just completely different. We look so much more comfortable, don't we? Yeah, I, I imagine Serena, she's... She's quite the same, isn't she, personality-wise, all the time. She doesn't really give away too yeah. much in terms of... I don't imagine she goes in there kicking and screaming. I think she's quite level-headed, and she'd be telling the girls, you know, just calm down, stick to the game plan, try to get a bit more ball possession, but just remember what our strengths are, you know, where to get, try to find the right passages of play to get the ball to our creative players to make things happen. Trust in the process. And, and be better 1v1 because I think ultimately the 1v1 situation was what was letting us down a little yeah. bit because we were 
positionally a bit disjointed in moments, which Sweden were capitalising on because they were a counter-attacking team. They weren't hesitating. They were trying to find early forward passes. I think what she would have been saying is take care of the ball better, make your passes better, get more passes in. But even when we have the ball, think we suddenly lost it. And again, that first 20 minutes, it was almost we had the ball, they pressed us and we gave it away. Bang, 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 they're in. You know, we had to need to make sure, and we the game management in the second half was superb, really was. And I can't remember many chances that they had. But in the first half, it was like they, they pressed, won the ball back, and within two passes, they were shot and goal. Second half, it didn't happen. So I'm sure she made sure to take care of the ball, but also think about their counter-attack the moment they could possibly lose. She got, she got better balance yes. into the team, didn't Absolutely. she? Because we were saying, it felt like everyone was so eager to go and play forward, yeah. they were forgetting the space behind them, and, and that's and, crucial. Really. Yeah, and then Lucy Bronze with that early second half goal. It kind of went swiftly downhill from there for Sweden, didn't it? It did, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those goals where, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame the keeper there because there's a lot of people in, in front, but it's a bit of a soft goal just to give away with a sort of long corner header and suddenly it's in the back of the net. And 2-0 down in a semi-final. 1-0, you can come back. 2-0 is very, very difficult to do just that. And Yeah, it felt like, not that Sweden gave up, but... They didn't believe. They didn't believe they could. They could come back into it, and, and we just looked even more positive and, and absolutely group. Mary Earps made another key save in that second half. How how good was she in that game, but also in, in this tournament so far? I'm delighted to see Mary Earps shine at this yeah. level because she hasn't got that many caps actually. Um, she stepped in as the number one. And she made two vital saves in a really important match there. 20 seconds into the game, she had she had the concentration and the ability to execute that save, which kept her team in it, gave them an opportunity to stay in it. Um, again, popped up with another save. But I think, more importantly, her leadership qualities. We noticed that through her body language, she was the one giving information to her teammates, calm down, like, relax, guys, like, we've got this. And, and to see a player who hasn't had that many caps or hasn't experienced this level that many times, showing that level of maturity, shows us what a great position this England squad is in at the moment. Yeah, her temperament seems superb. Yeah. Uh, big match player. Mm-hmm. You're right, Nicole, that there was that great agility in the second half. It was a wonderful save. I think it might have been at 2-0, so if it goes back to 2-1, yeah. and suddenly, you know, the thoughts come in your head, negative if you're England player, positive if you're a Swedish player. So it was a, it was a, a big moment, really good save. But Anise absolutely right, you know, the way she was sort of marshalling the defence, the sign of good goalkeepers, not just good in terms of shots coming out at the right time and also just telling your back four, you know, barking orders every now and again and that's exactly what she was doing. We have to talk about that insane goal from Alessia Russo. Oh my, I mean, we've seen what she does and again, I think we were talking about this earlier, that, you know, that there's been calls for her to start but then it's like Serena is so good. She knows what she's doing because she's using these subs in this way and they come on and they do make this impact and she's scoring so many goals and that was an insane. It was what, a backhill nutmeg 
like, just, oh my God, that was amazing. I feel like the celebration's in here. So we're obviously recording this from a pub in Bristol. It started to get a little bit quieter now, but it was just insane here, wasn't it? Oh, it was like a riot in here. When <laughs> we were jumping up, screaming, like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And I think it was the audacity yeah. to do that in that moment, um, you know? And I think, again, it shows another young player coming in, fearless, um, but Serena's like the oracle or something, isn't she? She just kind of knows when to make these decisions and how she trusts her players, she knows their qualities, and they deliver it every time. We'll and see I see you in the Matrix thing, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And I just think it was what I like about Alessia is that I think you can kind of see her intelligence. That she's from the, she's learning from the bench. Yeah. She's watching the opposition probably and how she can capitalise and where she can find those spaces to make a difference and, and it's worked every time. Serena might be the oracle, but yeah, you know, she's not actually out on the pitch to, to do that. It was the one-two with the goalkeeper, wasn't it? I don't just want to simply tap it. It was a really good move, actually, with, with three or four passes that went on. And she was in the right position, had a shot where she would have been disappointed if she didn't stick it in the back of the net first time. Yeah. But once this bounced back to her, and then she's going away from goal to, to do that, I mean, that does show the confidence oh, yeah. at the moment. And again, I feel sorry for the keeper, and people say you shouldn't be nutmeg from that position, but that came from and I feel like she showed how calm and composed she was like she comes on she makes an impact instantly in these games but also she seems to have this level of maturity as well doesn't she she just looks like a young player that's enjoying the football mm. and, and when you do that things are just instinctive and they happen and you're not thinking about every action that you do and I think that's that's the beauty of watching a player like this grow, you know, under our eyes in a, in a tournament, in a setting. And it shows, again, the quality of depth this England squad, squad has. When, when a player's in the zone, they don't think. They just act instinctively. The moment you start thinking, it's not a good thing. Because, you know, negative thoughts can come into your mind. And it's interesting, you know, that there'll always be the debate about whether, you know, well, not always, but certainly over the tournament has been. Right, white or, or so, but it's working. It's working as a team. The yeah. bigger picture is, it's working. So just keep the status quo. I can't see any changes in the final. I really can't. No. But Serena Vigman knows that if things aren't going right. She's got game changes, and not just one, plural yeah. game changes. So she knows after 60 minutes, she can one, two, three, four substitutions, and then something can happen that way. So. I think it's Eddie Jones, the, the, the rugby manager, who says he calls them finishers. Yeah. So, not substitutes, finishers. Yeah. And they finish the game off, and that's what they're doing. Absolutely. And then we got that fourth goal, and I mean, if the game wasn't already just completely killed off, that, that was it. And, and then it, it looked like we got more after that, didn't it? The momentum yeah. thoroughly swung in England's favour, and you saw them growing in confidence them taking opportunities, the combination plays that we saw was just a team that everything is going well and you're not thinking about it, you're just connecting, the relationships are there and to be fair, when you've got that wave of momentum against you, it's really hard to stop yeah. and, and that's the feeling we got watching Sweden, they didn't know how to solve or stop the threats in the end. Uh, so I think that second goal was really, really important, but, but by the time we got to 3-4-0, and four nil, you're right, the combination plays, the passing, the one-two touch, the turning on the ball, the confidence you could see that, that they had out there. That, for me, obviously the most important thing is to win the game. But people just say, oh, just win the game, you know, 
by hook or by crook? Yeah. Or how do you win a game by putting in a good performance? Or what's the best chance of winning a game by putting in a good performance? And I think the way we grew into it after that first 20 minutes, the Spanish game helped. Psychologically, we know we can start poorly and, and still grow into the game. And that's what we saw. So to keep a clean sheet, score four goals, to probably could have got five or six if we really needed to. Seven box ticks. And not take your foot off the gas. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was the best thing. Like they just kept going. You know, you mentally, if you're the opposition, <laughs> you just Stop. want the, you want the referee to blow yeah. the whistle. You want it to be over. Yeah. With these finishers want to, yeah. you know, make an impact yeah. when they come on. So, absolutely, Serena's just got everybody just about right, boiling where they want to be. You know, boiling and okay, it's not quite happening. I want to bring on there. I want to keep the momentum up. I've got two or three players who I know want to prove that they should be starting. We're seeing that again, but just as a team, it's working exactly how she's doing it. So I'd be really surprised if anything changes for the final. What do you think England and, and Serena Wiegmann will take from this into that final? I mean, at the time of recording, we don't know who our opponents will be, of course. But either way, it's going to be a very, very tough side. Either side that yeah. England meet, you know, we know Germany are one of the dominant forces in European women's football. Uh, France have just got through to the first semis ever, mm. which is kind of surprising when you think about the yeah. quality the French have had over the, the years. So they'll be up for it, you know, in terms of making history for themselves. But honestly, I think Serena will take a lot of confidence in heart, knowing that her players have a lot of character, they have a lot of resilience, they've got the right mentality. But she will definitely want to start off better. She will definitely want a better yeah. first half yeah. performance where they, they're tidier in possession. They have more of the ball. Um, they're leaving less gaps. You know, they're, they're more co- connected and have better balance. Because I think that would allow them to feel more secure and then to play the way they want to play going forward. Yeah, I, I think... And it's not just this tournament, you go back to the friendlies beforehand as well, the second half is so much stronger than the first. And I think against a very good German side, or, or France, we can't afford to concede those type of chances, because if we're 2-0 down after 20 minutes, mm-hmm. that's a tough ask to come back. So I think there's still stuff to work on. Too much of a gap between Lucy Bronze and Millie Bright in those first 20 minutes. We've got to realise that it's got to be you know, more connected, tighter to each other. Think defensively, bomb on if you can, but, and then after 10 to 15 minutes, you can see them nervous. I mean, who's not going to be nervous in the semi final of the Euros at the beginning, and certainly in the, the, in the final as well? Just control those nerves, make sure you're compact, grow into the game. Uh, listen, whoever we play in the final, I take nil nil at half time right now <laughs> yeah. because we're so much yeah. stronger in the second half, so we'll see what happens. So, with that other semi final, Germany versus France. How do we see that game panning out? Because two, like, like you were just saying, two very strong sides. I feel like I'm probably leaning more towards Germany here. I think they are potentially, oh, I, I was going to say the strongest side in this tournament, but obviously look at England, you know, but I don't think any of my predictions have gone the way I wanted, so I don't even know if I can comment on this. But now, again, I think it should be, hopefully, live up to what we expect from a semi-final. Very tight, good contest with two really great sides who I think have a lot of depth, both of them in their squads. Um, We've seen France look to their bench as well to impact their games. Obviously, they lost Katoto earlier on in the competition, who was supposedly going to be up for Golden Boot, potentially, in this tournament. Um, so that was a massive loss to them 
but I just think with the Germans, what I've seen is a very consolidated performance. German performance. German yeah. performance. Efficient, mm. right? You know, and like a good bend. Yeah. <laughs> they just get things done, and they're not always, um, you know, the the. the the finesse kind of you know fancy footwork type of football team but they have really good you know forward players in top who and she's scoring a lot of it she's scored the goal in each game in every, so far, yeah, right? every yeah. game so far she's one of those players I've played up against for years and years but has never played a Euros because of injury so she's like super up for this and she's showing you know why she should be here number one and why she's a starting number nine for Germany like I said, I just think they're very efficient and well-oiled machine, and it, it would be hard to see them not outwin France on the basis of their clinicalness. Because France should have been home and dry against Netherlands in the first 45 minutes with the chances they had, and they did not manage to see them off. Yeah, I think you've got two teams that kind of represent their countries in a way because absolutely the, the, the well-organised, the slick, the Everyone knows what they're doing. Not mechanical, because they're better than that, but they look a proper team. They look like everyone knows what they want to do with a player with a point to prove because she feels that, you know, she should, be, should have been playing but for injury in many other major tournaments. And they are a very good side. Against a, a French side who are predictable. You know, a lot of flair. Uh, very good going forward. Defensively, not so sure. Um, so I'm with you, and I'm with you. I actually, if I have to put pound on it I'd probably say I'd probably go for Germany you, you never know with the French they can step yeah. up and just suddenly bang what a great performance that is and in all sports you can pick out games where France have done that but I have to say the reliability the organisational skills and just the way they've played so far in this tournament go for Germany I'm trying to ask you to see the future here but if we if... could do that we'd do six numbers <laughs> for three yeah. Nicole very true, very true. But if theoretically it is England Germany in the final on Sunday at Wembley, do you have belief? Or you know what? Even if it's England France, do you feel like whoever England comes up against in this final that they can do it, that they can bring it home? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I don't think it'll be easy. No. But mm. at this phase in the tournament, it's not supposed to be. These are the best teams in Europe going against each other and I think if England get there they'll be having that feeling of like we're here we're finally here this you know we've been through all the nerves and all the shaky you know some somewhat performances to get to this point where we can actually create history for the first time as well I mean of course that's a big thing to carry but what an, a monumental thing it would be them as a team but for the nation as well yeah so this morning waking up i'm thinking okay what, what do we think tonight i, I do think we'll, we'll we'll win we'll get through what do i think with the other semi-final I, we've said I, I think germany so england germany final this morning i'm thinking that what i've seen of germany so far versus what i've seen of england before today's game my head says germany no. even though my heart says england <laughs> What I've seen tonight, I think England can beat anybody. I really believe that England, they've had that one really difficult game where psychologically they know they can come back from the brink. And then they've almost dominated tonight's semi-final. So whoever they play, they'll go into the game with lots of confidence. They will be nervous. The first 10 minutes, why would you not be nervous? I mean, you almost, 
not human if you're not nervous in a, in a Euro final. But again, they've shown where they can grow into a game. So as long as they don't, as we said, concede those early goals, I believe we can beat anybody right now. Well, fingers crossed. Right, I'll let you both go. Nita Scott, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. So, guys, just you know, just to end the pod. So, it's coming home then. Yeah, it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> it's coming home. <laughs> thank you, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the Women's Football Podcast on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at TWFP1 and on Instagram, it's at the Women's Football Podcast. And finally, if you want to find out which pubs are showing the other semi-final and the final, or if you want to come to our event before the big game on Sunday, then head to www.welovesport.co to get your tickets. See you there.